Please listen carefully. Hello, universe, and welcome to the Optimist Daily Update. I'm Christy Jansen. And I'm Summers McKay. We are part of the team behind the Optimist Daily, making solutions the news by bringing you reader-supported solutions news every day in order to change the tenor of news media, social media, and the direction of your day to help us all get focused on solutions. Seven days a week, we publish positive news stories written by award-winning journalists and delivered online to your inbox and through our social channels. And also, we are sharing these solutions in a commute-worthy, walk-worthy, and home office-worthy podcast. Today is Friday, the 27th of May, 2022. Happy Friday, Christy. Happy Friday. We are barreling towards summer. I Yes. In shock at this because it feels <laughs> like uh, the year has been flying by. Well, this is the unofficial start of summer, right? It is Memorial Day weekend Memorial in the Day United weekend. States, right. and there is a lot of summer barbecues ready to rock and roll. I know that we are um, excited to sort of have a long weekend with our kids home, and children are all sort of coming from their various schools, et cetera, and it's going to be really exciting to to be at home. But it is also, remarkably, one of the biggest travel weekends in the history ever of Earth travel. <laughs> so post-pandemic, people are post or existing pandemic, whatever it is we say we are these days. At this stage um, in our grappling with the yeah. uh, COVID-19 yeah. world we all inhabit. Yeah, like mid-COVID, <laughs> pre-monkey pox travel is big. And, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, the airport, I was looking at some news that the airports are expecting just unprecedented levels of travel and not only back to the levels of pre-COVID, but above the levels of COVID. So well, there's all that pent up demand and people yeah. are just ready to go out into the world. And I don't know about you, Summers, but I mean, I've been in California where we've been way more aware and cautious about social interactions and moving around mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. places in Texas. But like among my extended group of friends and family, people are like, I'm just done with this. And oh, well, yeah. you know, there's been, there's more outbreaks. And we're, they're like, I guess we're going to get COVID. You know, it's kind yeah. of like this thing, like everybody's expecting to get it. And I had a bad cold last weekend and it, it knocked me out for even a, like a couple of days this week, but I didn't get it. I still haven't mm. uh, tested positive ever. And yeah. we were joking yesterday about maybe... Are you a little bit disappointed that you didn't get it over with? Like there's <laughs> this you or FOMO, I. this yeah. FOMO that neither you nor I have ever tested positive for COVID and like why I don't know. we, you know, I don't know. it. But I, I think you're right. Like in California, people are finally sort of aligning with the like enough of this mindset. And I think that that mindset may have come a bit earlier here in yeah. the area that I live in. So. And it's having real effects, by the way. You, you mentioned monkeypox. I was reading an mm-hmm. article, I think from The Atlantic the other day, about the fact that we've all been sequestered or yeah. much more sequestered, and especially our little kids. We've been very careful with them because there aren't vaccines for them. Their immunity is not challenged the way that it normally would have been. Right. And now right. they're getting all of these little viruses in, in different ways because they've had zero exposure. And even a, I have a friend who has a, a kid who was born in, the, in early 2020, in like May of 2020, and his pediatrician is saying, you got to put him into daycare yeah, exactly. now because otherwise his immune system is going to be messed up for the rest of his life, basically. Exactly. You want to get through these childhood diseases when yeah. you're a kid and train your immune system. I just find it interesting that the whole world has changed in weird ways. And even I think they think that monkeypox is coming out 
partly because of the way we've been seclu- sequestered or secluded. the sequestering, yeah. you know, and yeah. um, anywho, but while we are getting out. <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say, so part of why we did move to Austin, Texas is because my daughter, I needed her in a more communal environment and having her just at home alone with us was, I knew that that was not good for her health, both mentally and physically. But I'm not sure I want monkeypox. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> But, but you probably will get it. Don't worry. It's, you know, it's very unlikely that you'll get yeah. that one. Yeah. Not you, rooting for you, that you, one. Yeah. You may well get COVID at some point because it doesn't seem like it's gone away and it's as yeah. transmissible as measles, apparently. Apparently. Well, okay. So all of that aside, right? Like bundle of positive stuff now, aren't we? <laughs> bundle, of, bundle of joy. I was trying to somehow like lead us down the road of everyone's traveling. Everyone's getting back on the yeah. road. Let's talk about transportation stories, which is what we've actually chosen today yeah. in at the Optimist Daily. Uh, why don't you take us across the Atlantic, Christy, and I tell will. us what one of our favorite countries is doing to make travel better? Sure. My headline is about travel or transportation, but it's also about shifting the culture around how we use oil and gas. I mean, I really think this is actually partly a cultural shift as as much as a practical one. And the headline reads, Germany slashes public transportation costs to reduce fossil fuel dependence. And one of the things that the world has been paying lots of attention to is the energy standoff between Europe and Russia, which has affected gas prices here in the United States and all over the world, but in particular in Europe. In Germany, as the largest economy in Europe, is really suffering. They are, I think, the biggest user of Russian oil and gas, and it's a big part of their energy budget, but they're taking measures now to accelerate the phasing out of fossil fuels. Mm. partly to get off dependence and to break the relationship with Russia, who has not proved to be a fair partner in the process. And so in doing that, they have resolved to make energy cheaper for homes and businesses. They have plans, pushed many more plans in relation to solar panels, putting them on every public building by 2025 to up the amount of solar generation. Now what Germany has done is it's cut, drastically cut, train, tram, and bus costs to make them be about nine euros for a month for the entire summer. And this is intended to encourage people to get off of the gas they would use in their personal cars and to rely more heavily on public transportation, which is a huge way that we can change how we move around and how we more efficiently use fossil fuels, even if we don't move to electrified buses, although that's a, there's a big push, push there to move to electrification and other forms of power like hi- hydrogen fuel cells in trains and buses, et cetera. But yeah, well, anyway. And we, talk, we talk about like some of these price cuts often, they're valuable to the consumer, right? Because public transportation is less expensive, but they also create a media-worthy discussion, right? And they create mm-hmm. a a media-worthy sort of news story about these reduced transportation costs that actually add to the dialogue that people realize, oh, if we take a bus, we're actually having less. So Mm -hmm. it's both a financial incentive and then also an emotional and community-based solution that, you know, at the end of the day, price point might not have been what dissuaded people from traveling, but the conversation that surrounds the price point is what what people right. will learn from. So, and as an in- inducement to change behavior, 
you know, the new price will be available to German commuters starting in the beginning of June. So for the summer months, they'll be able to travel all the public transports for very, very inexpensively, especially Mm -hmm. in the face of high petrol costs. Yeah. That will establish new habits potentially. And people will figure out it's not harder to get around using public transportation if you've got a robust public transportation sector. exactly. But you might have to change your schedule a little bit and you just think about things differently. Similar to how when when I moved to having an all-electric car, I had to think about making sure it was charged, which since I just had my very slow charger in my house, I had to plug it in overnight. And if I didn't, then I was I had to either figure out how to get to a fast charger or take mm-hmm. a different car, <laughs> different right, motor or take transportation. A different car. <laughs> exactly. But um, well, anyway, so it's just about changing how you think about things mm-hmm. and changing habits and patterns. And it's a cultural shift that may be supported by this intense price reduction because it's a 90% cut from the normal monthly cost of public transportation in Berlin. Yeah. I don't know what it is for other cities. Anyway, so that's my story about uh, my transportation story. Well, thinking about transportation differently, I have, we all listeners know that I'm a big fan of asphalt and pavement and road (laughs) raveling. After my temporary uh, foray into parking lot construction. Right. Early in my postgraduate Your early career. career. Yeah. My, <laughs> when I was making ends meet and um, literally measuring parking lots at four in the morning to pay rent. But that being said, I did learn an unbelievable amount about the way that concrete and asphalt break down. That's why I really love this story because it is an innovative solution. The headline reads, recycled old tires could make roads last twice as long. Now, the car nerd in me is really excited because tires are like, I love rethinking trash. And then the asphalt nerd in me is really excited because I like things that last. But prolonged sun exposure is one of the main contributors to asphalt actually cracking. So like roads get sunburned summers? Roads get sunburned. Roads (laughs) roads totally get sunburned. And that's because the heat from the sun dries up the road's moisture content, making it brittle and prone to wear, right? So super sunny place, lots of heat, continued friction from cars using it. A team of scientists have found that adding rubber from old tires to asphalt can help roads last twice as long before developing cracks. Now, Australia's team of researchers at RMIT University has come up with this eco-friendly solution protecting roads from the harsh rays of sun. It involves added crumb rubber from scrap tires to the road recipe, obviously addressing both the environmental impacts of road maintenance and the waste problem of discarded tires. Now, uh, during the study, the team tested three different concentrations, 7.5%, 15%, and 22.5%. And they basically figured out that by accelerating the aging processing of the three road samples by exposing them to high levels of UV light for a month and a half, the equivalent to what a road would more or less withstand over 12 months. And then they measured uh, and compared the changes in physical and chemical properties of the road samples. Now, what they actually found was that the sample with the highest concentration of crumb rubber showed the highest resistance to wear. That said, going beyond 22.5% might start actually interfering with the road's endurance to mechanical damage, right? It, then it might become too soft and it's would get squishy. beat up. Right. Would get <laughs> you want to find that, that magic balance between yes. rubbery and firm. It's like Goldilocks and the three roads. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... <laughs> 
anyway, uh, the quote from Filippo Giustosi says that we found adding between 18 and 22% of crumb rubber generates an ideal balance in terms of improving rut and fatigue resistance to traffic loads while resisting UV aging. We knew that UV would have be a factor in road degradation, but not by what degree or how to protect against it, as nobody had really been looking at that axis. So exciting. I, you know, we our, our guys from Porus, I think, are one of my favorite interviews ever. That was phenomenal, where we were talking about water management through concrete. Mm-hmm. I just love looking at infrastructure differently, and this is just one of my favorite stories. So it is something that changes also. You look at, we like to think yep. of infrastructure as permanent and firm mm-hmm. and rigid, but in fact, it's not. And when you add a little bit of flexibility, like the rubber wood to these roads, you end up increasing the um, longevity, the lived, the built environment. So the um, adage of when the rubber meets the road is now like, mm-hmm. <laughs> fur- <laughs> I like it. further cemented in the further story. cemented in the story. <laughs> and that is enough puns for me for Friday. <laughs> What other headlines are out there today? All right. Well, U.S. injects $3.5 billion into carbon removal technology. Pennsylvania schools doubled their solar power in the last two years. Want to keep sharks and beachgoers safe? There's an app for that. And a new gel film pulls drinking water from the air, even in the driest of places. Christy, what else do we have? Well, scientists are using diabetes medication to treat heart disease to good effect. Urban greenery could have saved how many lives? It's a question mark and see how important that is to, in terms of designing our cities, not just with rubbery roads, but rather urban greenery. Seven sustainable strategies to keep rabbits out of your garden. I want to know about ground squirrels too, by the way. I wonder if they'll, the same strategies will work, but they But I think the difference... Real- Right. Can Do ground squirrels eat your vegetables? Oh, yes. They oh. eat vegetables and plants. I, I was just uh, talking with somebody at a, another project I'm involved with on this uh, retired golf course. In the natural area, there didn't used to be ground squirrels. They put the golf course in. And once they moved the golf course out or stopped having it be an actual golf course, and so all of the negative toxins went away, mm-hmm. the ground squirrels have come back like crazy and eating her palm trees and other things out of her garden and there's no predators. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. she's complaining. She's like, (laughs) and it's going to take time for the natural balance to get reestablished in the outside area. Anyhow. um, And finally, a story about things to do today to save you from stress tomorrow. All very important, good ideas, good suggestions on theoptimistdaily.com. And that's it for today, Friday, on our Optimist Daily Update. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We promise to keep sharing positive, solution-based stories, talking about these ideas and ways that you can participate in the changing world. Health insurance is changed for the positive. We promise to cover current events with accurate, legitimate sources and offer you the information we all need to charge you pass for all of us. Everybody, please consider becoming an emissary on the OptimusDaily.com. And frankly, more importantly these days, share our stories on socials. Forward our stories to a friend and make sure to leave us positive reviews for our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Folks, be part of the solution, changing consciousness, and addressing our world's biggest challenges with a problem-solving mindset. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back on Monday with more solutions.